with Counselor Mandy Bird. Here, you'll learn practical tools for navigating your losses and hear inspiring real-life stories from courageous people who have moved through their losses and found hope, their own authenticity, and how to give back to the world. And now, your host, Counselor Mandy. Hi, welcome to Finding Hope. I'm Counselor Mandy Bird. I am so thrilled today to say I have my dear friend, Andrew Harvey, has joined us today on Finding Hope. I am so, so grateful to have this opportunity for you all to hear Andrew's passion, his gifts, what he's doing in the world, and all that he has to bring to each of us. Thanks for being with us today, Andrew. It's my great pleasure, and I love you and all the work you do, Mandy. Thank you for your work. Thank you, Andrew, so much. And as always, I could not do this, and I'm not kidding. I could not do this with my dear friend, the beautiful Cindy Bolero. Cindy, will you introduce Andrew? I am happy to. Andrew Harvey is an internationally renowned religious scholar, writer, teacher, and the author of more than 40 books, including the critically acclaimed The Hope, Son of Man, and Savage Grace with Carolyn Baker. Born in South India in 1952, Harvey has devoted much of his life to studying the world's mystical traditions, including intensive study of Hinduism, Buddhism, and Sufi mysticism. We are so happy to have you on the show today, Andrew. Me too. I'm very, very <laughs> happy. Well, Andrew, there's no way I want our listeners to know for, for me, relaunching um, Finding Hope during this time, this pandemic and all that's happening in the world, I asked myself, you know, what, what can I do? How can I give back? What can my creative response be? And I contacted Cindy and said, hey, let's, let's start Finding Hope again. And there was no way that I could have Finding Hope in this first season and not have you as a guest on this show. And, and you, to me, are someone that exemplifies hope. In fact, you even, you even wrote a book all about Hope. I would love for our listeners to to hear, Andrew, during this time in history and what's happening in the world, about you, about what deeply moves your heart, what moves you, and what what what's on your heart that you want to share with all of us today. What is most deeply on my heart is what I put with Carolyn Baker into our new book, which is about to be released, Radical Regeneration. Into this book, we have poured a lifetime's passion for the truth, and we have offered a vision of rugged hope, born out of the death of all false hope in this global dark night. What's on my heart is the reality of what we're experiencing. And what I believe we're experiencing is something that I knew would come and that I've been talking about and railing about and howling about and crying out about for 20 years now. And this is nothing less than a 
global dark night in which humanity is facing the most enormous, most challenging, most incandescent, most terrifying, and most amazing potential crisis of its whole evolutionary history. What's on my heart is that I know in my heart that this experience of multiple crises coming at the same time. We have the coronavirus crisis, we have an economic crisis, we have a crisis of soul, we have a crisis of wildlife extinction, we have a crisis of the collapsing climate, all of these crises coming together. What's on my heart is the agony and the horror and the despair and the pain and the paralysis that acknowledging these crises as all of us must now do is are creating but what i know in my heart is that this global dark night could be the birthing canal of a completely new species the species that is in harmony with the creation the species that has been humbled by terrible tragedy, a species that's been elevated by profound alignment with the divine. And this is what our book is about, because in our book, we lay down absolutely clearly the terror and horror and madness of these crises. We lay down absolutely clearly what we deeply believe, that real hope is born out of the death of all false hopes. So we try and clear away all the false hopes that prevent us from getting the, to the hope that's born out of our divine consciousness. And we present our vision of what this dark night is really about. It's not a punishment. It's not simply a terrible destruction of our fantasies and delusions out of divine anger. It is an amazing opportunity for all of us to see clearly that all the old ways, all the old structures, all the old ways of thinking about God and humanity and ourselves and all the rest of it have to die and must die soon so that we can align ourselves with the great birthing force that is calling us to let all false hope dies so that the hope that's born from us coming together in radical sacred activism in divine unity in divine love to align ourselves with the great possibility of the birth of the new human species can be realized that's what is on my heart mm. and on the one mm. hand i see very deeply the suffering and that gives me great pain because although I've seen this event coming for many years and I knew that it was in our evolutionary destiny, actually living in it is a terrible experience. But it's also yeah. an amazing experience because the dark night always forces people to find what is best in themselves and mm -hmm. you can see this everywhere you can see this in the people who risk their lives to go out onto the streets to protest the horrific death of george floyd you can see this in the nobility of the service of extraordinary ordinary people turning up to work despite the danger again and again to help people you can see this in the amazing women who are rising up to proclaim the reality of the divine 
divine feminine and claiming power and talking about unity and harmony and the end of the patriarchy. You can see this in the few teachers who are rising to give the real truth. And you can see this in the hundreds of thousands of people who are now waking up to the complete bankruptcy of all of our previous ways of thinking about reality and acting and creating structures that are just namelessly corrupt and cruel and stupid, but who are not giving up hope, but who are taking this terrible destruction of illusion as an amazing opportunity to plunge deeper into divine practice and to go forward in sacred activism with wise urgency to create new structures, to imagine new ways of being. So, just as there is a huge and terrible and unbelievably inescapable death happening, and it will get worse, it will become more and more terrifying, more and more blindingly awful, but it will also get better because there's a mm -hmm. birth. And this birth is exploding in all kinds of ways everywhere for those who stay steady, stay calm, do the practice, keep their divine truth alive, and keep their eyes peeled for the absolutely extraordinary, ordinary people with real vision stepping forward. Mm, mm, wow. Wow, wow, and more wow. I can say that, you know, I I met you um I met you 11 years ago in 2009 and and I can share with our listeners that you you have been speaking about knowing that there were multiple you know these multiple crises coming and and what has appealed to me so much about your teaching and mentoring is your 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 deep vast wide commitment to love and to hope and to courage. I remember you spoke about, and I, I've spoken these words referencing you again and again because they, they touched me from the inside out because I, I don't, I personally do not trust leaders and teachers that will not speak about the darkness of pain and suffering and grief. I don't trust not. them. And you are so, as others, Chris Saadi, you know, my dear friend and colleague and mentor, is another example of someone that will speak about the truth of grief, the devastation of what's happening right now in our world, and, as you said, the real hope, getting rid of the false hope, the real hope, and giving examples of how we are seeing everyday people show up with such incredible courage. And, and you were talking about the necessity of staying steady and staying calm. You know, what, what is a, a sacred practice that, you know, for people that are, are really curious what you mean by that, share with our listeners, Andrew, about what sacred practice has meant for you and, and how that can encourage anyone at any time during these dark nights 
Well, I first of all would love to say that for me, hope is not a noun, it's a verb. So yeah. I don't believe that anybody has the right in a time like this to say they have hope unless they're being hope, unless they're mm -hmm. acting hope, unless their very presence is radiating hope. Mm. Hope is not a passive noun. Hope is a verb with its sleeves rolled up. Oh, so wow, don't yeah. talk to me about the hope you have unless I see you doing something inspired mm -hmm. by your deepest self to turn up in a time like this and radiate compassion in action. Mm. That's the first thing I want to say. Because one of the great temptations in any time as dreadful as this, and there hasn't ever been a time as dreadful as this, yeah. is to grasp at straws of hope and think that it's enough to just dabble in the shallow waters of hope. It's not. This is a yeah. time that it's summoning every single human being to reach incredibly deeply into the depths of their most authentic self and find in those depths radical passion for justice, radical passion for harmony, radical passion to stand up for the voiceless, radical passion to be someone whose very presence without even opening a word breeds hope, like when the Dalai Lama walks into the room or when Jane Goodall walks into the room. Mm. That is the kind of person that has the right to talk about hope because they mm -hmm. are being and acting hope. So I think that's very important for everyone listening to understand mm -hmm. at the deepest mm -hmm. level. But the truth is that you cannot be a person like that unless you are grounding your whole being in your deepest being and being fed by the most profound imaginable inspiration of your spirit. And there is only one way of doing that, and that is through sacred practice, through deep prayer, through meditation, through any of the great practices that any of the mystical traditions have given us. So what I would say to anybody listening who is asking, what practice should I do? I would say, start and stay very simple. Because mm -hmm. God is simple and we are madly complicated. Mm -hmm. So the worst thing that you can do is to take up a complicated practice at a time like this. Go for the very most powerful mm -hmm. practice of all, which in my opinion and in the opinion of nearly all of the most important and most illumined mystics of humanity has been saying the name of God by whatever name you know God or love mm -hmm. God in the depths of your heart. So if you're a Christian, say the Jesus prayer, Lord mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. If you're a Buddhist, say the great mantra, Om Mani Padme Hom, or the great mantra of the Theravada tradition, Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasam Gate Bodhisvaha. If you're a an Islamic person, say the great mantra of Rumi and of all the lovers of God, La ilaha illallah. 
And if you don't want to say any, or if a Hindu could say Om Namah Shivaya, but if you don't want to say any of those mantras, just simply say in your heart, Beloved, 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 mm-hmm. addressing mm-hmm. with the full force of your inmost being the mystery as the Beloved that loves you so much and wants to empower you in your deepest sense and self to become a radiant beacon of hope in action. So the best way to do it is to wake up in the morning and just simply sit with your head bowed down to your heart and in the depths of your heart just say beloved, beloved, beloved bringing to the way you say it all of your love of life all of your hunger to see a new world rise out of the ashes of the old all of your passion for life all of the joys that you've ever experienced for life from life. Focus them all in the way you say with great yearning and great longing and intense devotion. Beloved, 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 beloved. And Mm -hmm. over time, you'll find that you can do this practice anywhere. You can do it walking to the post office. You can do it when you're on the phone, as I'm doing it right now. You can do it anywhere under any circumstances. And what it happens is that through this turning of your limited self to the unlimited self that actually lives in the core of you in direct connection with the limitless mystery, you will find great strength, great peace, great revelation Mm -hmm. over time. It's not something... I'm inventing in the bath. It's something that the greatest Mm -hmm. teachers of humanity have stressed again and again. And it's something that the great Hindu teachers who knew that this terrible time was coming say is the ultimate practice for this terrible time precisely because it can be done anywhere. So if you're listening to me now, please find a representative of the divine that you love. It may be Jesus, it may be Durga, it may be the Buddha, it may be anything. It doesn't matter. Or if you don't find a representative, if you don't believe in that, in any religion or any, that doesn't matter. What matters is that you turn up in naked communion, direct connection with the mystery that goes beyond all names and forms, all religions, and start saying a word in your heart that for you represents the mystery that you love at its most beautiful and its most powerful. And say that with great passion and great devotion and amazing force and power and truth and courage and calm and passion for change and for honor will be born in you. I I want to say I have experienced that myself. For my myself as a practicing mystic in the Christian tradition, calling on the name of Jesus again and again and again. I have absolutely experienced what you're speaking of the oh, peace, yes. the paradox of the peace and the power. And again, what, yes, that paradox of peace and power and how it takes me deep into, it's as though deep, deep roots into the center of the earth and, you know, sprouts up 
far into the heavens, this powerful force of love, this energy field of love again and again and again. And what I'm excited, I'm so excited about your new book, Radical Regeneration, in that this, this vision that you're bringing to us along with Carolyn Baker around what is possible for the human being, what is truly possible, and how this dark night for our globe is, you know, killing, <laughs> you know, uh, putting to death all that has not worked. All and that has and blocked us, all that has annihilated yes. the truth in us, all the obsessions that we've pursued out of our greed and our hubris, they're all being revealed as totally empty. And that's agony, but it's also yes. liberation. Yes. Because yes. they're being shown to be completely useless in a crisis this intense. The only things that are useful in a crisis like this are love and gratitude and joy and doing whatever you can from the deepest part of yourself to help whoever you can. Those mm. are the only things that remain, but those are what live in the deepest part of ourselves, in the most authentic part of ourselves, it's as if everything false is being burnt away to reveal the grandeur of what burns inside us as our essential truth. It's a mm-hmm. terrible process, but it's an amazing liberation if you can align yourself with it and find through saying the name, the guts, the sheer bloody guts, to say to yourself, let the false hopes go so the true hope can be born in me as me. Yes, and and I I want to remember again and again myself and encourage our listeners that you know in helping one person all we have to do is show up. It's not about making sure that we help the multitudes. I think sometimes people feel in this day of social media, you know, if they're if they're not famous, if they don't have you oh, know God, fifty thousand followers. Yes that, you know, that their life, that they're really not going to have impact. And what you're speaking about is show up, help whoever you can in whatever way you can, that hope is a verb. Oh, man, that is going to be seared in my brain forever, that hope is a, hope is a verb. And that we Every can help anyone. Every time you go out of your home now, you have the thousand simple opportunities to radiate hope. You can smile at the people passing you who are frightened as hell of dying from this virus. You can look into their eyes and radiate love. You can give as much as you can to the homeless that are everywhere on our streets. You can Mm. realize that there are people right now who are starving in this country because they don't have the food to put on the table for their children so you can put away whatever you can and find a food pantry to give food to. There you can go into your local 7-Eleven and love 
the heaven out of the people behind those weird plastic barriers and thank them for their service, for their courage. You could go into the food shops and thank the people there and make sure that they know they know that you deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate them turning up every single day when they must be afraid to be smiling and kind and dignified and help you. You've got to do those things if you are a lover of God and if you are a simple, decent human being. And if you do those things and do nothing else in your day, then you will have done a huge amount to prepare the ground for the birth of a new humanity. It's not Mm -hmm. about doing great things. It's about doing simple things with great Mm -hmm. love. Oh, that's so beautiful and so true. So, so true. So, Andrew, in in these days, what what is encouraging your heart? What's really helping? What's helping you to stay fueled right now, watching this dark night unfold around the globe? Well, one uh, there are really three things, Mandy. First of all. And I know this sounds very, very strange to people out there, and I mean it in the most compassionate sense. I am deeply encouraged that the dark night has come. Yeah. Because what everybody refers to as the old normal was a disgusting, paralyzed, apathetic, Mm. blind state of denial about the terrible plight billions of people are in, billions of animals are in, the earth itself, Mm. the atmosphere itself, the environment itself we're in. And now this dark night in its terror and horror is lighting up all these crises for us to pay the deepest possible attention to. That encourages me because that offers millions, if not billions of people, the opportunity to be bitch slapped awake and to get out of the denial, the disillusion, the apathy, the paralysis, the refusal to imagine that anything so dreadful could be happening that has absolutely disfigured our spiritual movement and disfigured the souls and hearts and actions of millions and millions of people. Mm-hmm. So I see the dark night not only as a tragic event, but as an event that offers us the possibility to become unillusionedly awake and to actually dive deep and become our real authentic selves in loving action. So that encourages me. Mm, Wow, yes, me too. The second thing that encourages me is that, as I said, I see hundreds of thousands of people really risking their being to do Mm. something new for the Mm -hmm. new. When George Floyd was killed in that atrocious way, it was simply amazing. It broke my heart and it made me cry a thousand tears of gratitude to see hundreds of thousands of young people get out on the streets, risk their lives in this terrible virus, simply because they couldn't stand anymore the filthy and disgusting racism that has so disfigured the American enterprise from its beginning. Mm. 
That's an amazing event. What's amazing about it is it's not only African Americans who God knows have every reason to be blindingly outraged. It's also many, many white people and Latino people, people Mm -hmm. of all kinds, all sexes, all possibilities, all saying enough, enough enough and willing to put their whole being behind that enough that's tremendously encouraging as well as the indefatigable nobility of the first responders the incredible courage of the doctors and scientists continuing to tell the truth in this fog of disinformation Mm -hmm. the extraordinary brilliance of some of the journalists the investigative journalists out there who are working tirelessly in the middle of their own agony to give us the skinny about all the ways in which the dark powers in our world are trying to destroy our democracy that gives me tremendous encouragement because I see the essential ragged, rugged nobility of human beings flashing out everywhere. I don't know whether they will win. I don't know whether there are enough of them to overcome the darkness. I don't know, but I do know that they are not failing their duty to be radiant, loving, hopeful human beings in a terrible time, and that encourages me. Yes, yes. And the third thing that encourages me, which is really the point of my book and the book that I've written with Carolyn, is that we have available to us the work of very great evolutionary mystics like Bede Griffiths, my great master, like Sri Aurobindo, like his great consort, the mother, like her great disciple, Satprem, like Teilhard de Chardin, all of whom knew that humanity would come to this deciding evolutionary threshold, but all of them who knew also that this was destined and that there was a way through if we could align ourselves with the will of the Divine Mother to birth a new humanity and become strong enough to endure what that birthing inevitably meant, the death of all the old systems, the death of all the old ways of being and doing everything, so that we're not coming to this massive crisis without a map. We're not coming to this massive crisis without the knowledge of what this crisis is. We're not coming to this massive crisis without amazing practices being offered us from all of the mystical traditions. We're not coming to this crisis without knowing through grace what it actually is which is a crisis of mutation a crisis of transfiguration a crisis that is demanding us to either transfigure and transform and mutate or die out this kind of clarity while it's ruthless in its demands is immensely encouraging because it shows that if you do the practices if you keep your heart open you will be given the strength to let die what has to die so what can be born can be born and what can be born is something amazing something totally Mm -hmm. new something that will surprise you by its beauty and brilliance and courage and radiance and something that will make you into a far richer far deeper far better far nobler 
far more magnanimous, far more generous, mm. far more active person than you've ever dreamt you could be. Mm. Mm. Amen. Andrew, for our listeners, Cindy's given me the time to wrap up our our time together. It's gone so quickly. For our listeners, where can they find out more about you and all of your amazing work that you have done and are doing in the world? Well, andrewharvey.com net is my um, website, so look me up on that. But if I've been exciting to you, join the class that Carolyn and I are going to be giving at the end of October, uh, of August, rather, on radical regeneration. You'll get the book, and you'll get four of our teachings, and there will be time for real radical discussion. Hundreds of people are coming to this class because hundreds of people trust Carolyn and myself to give some real direction. So if I've been able to excite you a little about the vision that I'm proposing, please join us. It would be so lovely to have you. We're pricing it very low so that as many people as possible in this dreadful time and amazing time can have the opportunity to jump into the book and jump into this vision because we profoundly believe that those who come to this vision will be given the tools that they need to be beacons of hope in all of this madness and despair. Mm. Oh, Andrew, that sounds amazing. And for our listeners, I I want you to know it will be worth Every moment, uh, Andrew's an amazing, amazing teacher, an incredible mentor. And I want to tell you again, Andrew, thank you so much. I, I love you immensely. I love your work. I love your heart. And you have been such an incredible advocate of my leadership. And I'm in deep gratitude to you. Thank my you honor, for your darling. time today. Thank you. Thank you for your time today and for being with us. And God bless you always. And bless you both. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being with us today. You can review this episode here. You also can follow me on Instagram at bird underscore Mandy and find me on Facebook at Mandy Bird. Thanks so much, you guys. We'll see you next time on Finding Hope. Finding Hope.